welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we continue our series, The Power of One. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. The actions that you take today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. The actions you take today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. Let me, let me start with a story from right here at Community from our One Initiative. We had a team, I don't know if you saw this on any of our social media platforms, that just got back from uh, uh, celebrating the grand opening of a brand new church plant in Nicaragua. And um, it's the first time that we partnered with uh, Compassion International, their very first church plant in Nicaragua, along with a young man named Oscar Torrey. Um, and the whole thing's very exciting because we were able to actually build a facility uh, that they use for church on Sundays, they use for the school Monday through Friday, and then they use for a community center the rest of the time. In addition to that, as a church, we've also helped sponsor 200 kids throughout that neighborhood. And, um, but here's probably my favorite part of the whole story. My favorite part of the whole story, the, the young church planner who's leading this church plant, Oscar Torrey, Pastor Oscar, was actually a compassion kid himself at one time. Is that awesome? And I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you more about this story later on, but just think about this. If someone hadn't taken action 20 years ago to sponsor this little guy, maybe that doesn't ever happen. Because that single action helped him get food, helped him get an education, helped him come to know Jesus. And today now there's a church plant that's not only there, but it's also helping reach 200 other kids and hundreds of other people finding their way back to God. The action you take today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. The power of one action is kind of like this. So just one action, help me out with this, just one action causes what we call a domino what? A domino effect, exactly right. And I think all of us can point to moments in our lives. We can look back, there was a single action that kind of impacted maybe a hundred or more different kind of dominoes in our own lives. Going out on that first date, 
I remember, uh, I remember the first date I asked Sue out on. We went to, we went and saw a movie. You're gonna like this. Guess the name of the movie. All the Right Stuff. <laughs> Maybe it was the first, uh, the job offer that you accepted. In my case, it was uh, John and I deciding, along with some friends from college, we had to start a church in Naperville. Maybe, maybe it was your first trip to downtown Naperville where you stopped at Frost and you got frozen gelato. Are you with me? Life-changing. Some things are simply life-changing. <laughs> the actions you take today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. We're continuing our series called The Power of One, and I, I, I love today's topic because we're talking about the power of just one action. And during this series, we've been highlighting the stuff that's going on through our, our One Initiative. And uh, I would encourage you to flip through uh, what was passed out earlier. It tells you some of the exciting stuff that's happened already in the first year and also some of the projects that we have planned for the, for the second year. But really, there's just two main goals, two main goals that we have. And this first one is, is the pro- top priority, that every one of us will make God number one. This is a, what God's going to do inside of you, that this could be a clear declaration kind of moment for you going, you know what? Nope, God is number one in my life. But then secondly, that we come together from a variety of backgrounds, incredible kind of diversity, and we say, you know what? We are one across all of our locations on this mission together. And um, if I can just kind of put my lead pastor hat on, um, for those of you that made commitments and are a part of this, uh, I, w- I wanna say a, a, a very sincere thank you very much. Your action is already resulting in amazing stories. And uh, for those of you who are, who are not yet part of one, maybe you're brand new, um, next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. You get a chance to come and kind of make a commitment and uh, not only change your own story, but also change stories of others, that single, that single kind of action. Um, well, throughout this series, we've been examining the life of Abraham. And just like Abraham, who was on a faith journey, we're on a faith journey. And along the way, there were certain points in that faith journey where Abraham was called to action. He was called to action. And because he did that, because he acted, it, it, it changed the stories that he told, and even that we told, tell now. I want to review kind of his story going back over the last couple of weeks that we've covered. If we go back to Genesis chapter 12, God asked Abraham to leave his country and to go to Canaan. And he said, you go there, and as you go, here's the promise I'm making to you. He makes this amazing promise. I'm going to bless you with a son And then through your family, your whole family is going to be blessed, and your whole family is going to bless the entire world. Now, despite having no children, and that promise not yet being fulfilled, Abraham takes off, and he believes God. He takes off on this journey. Years pass. God doesn't fulfill the promise. More years pass. Abraham and Sarah wait. Abraham and Sarah, they waited 25 years for God to fulfill that promise. And then after this long and arduous wait where, where, I mean, Abraham's almost, he's almost 100 and Sarah's 90, they finally have a son. And we find, if we flip in the first book of the Old Testament, Genesis to chapter 21, we see that Isaac is finally born. And, and you can imagine the excitement of waiting two and a half decades. They finally have a kid. But not only do they have a kid, but it's also this kid is really the, it's the fulfillment of a promise that God gave them long ago. That's in Genesis chapter 21. But then if we flip over the page to Genesis chapter 22, all of a sudden we have this. And as you look at this, you, start, you have to go, what in the world? 
Look how this chapter begins, 22. It says this, sometime later, after fulfilling this promise. Now, God, here's the, hold on to this word here. What's this word? Say it out loud for me. Tested. Say it one more time for me. One, two, three. That's exactly right. Tested. God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. What? I mean, did did we miss something between 21 and 22 chapter there? I mean, after you, they wait 25 years. There's this miraculous kind of thing that happens where Isaac is born, and now this. I want you to really seriously try to put yourself inside Abraham's situation. Can you imagine the, the kind of anguish, the kind of confusion that must have been going on if you actually thought that's what God was telling you to do? Why, why would God ask him to make that kind of unthinkable sacrifice? Somehow the next morning, Abraham loads up his donkey and he sets off on this journey. Mount Moriah was about a three days journey and he takes off. And I'll tell you what, th- this week, I, I tried to put myself in Abraham's situation. I, I tried to imagine what it would be like if I felt like that's what God was telling me and, I'm, and it's hard. I mean, the, 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 the frustration, the, the anguish. I mean, really, God? Really? Yet Abraham continues on obediently. Well, three days pass, and Abraham and Isaac reach Mount Moriah. And here's how this story, this, this crazy story unfolds. It says this, when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham went ahead. Look what goes on here. Abraham builds an altar. He arranges the wood on it. He binds his son Isaac, lays him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham replies, Here I am. If we continue on, he says, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I'll tell you what, um, to be honest, um, there there was a big part of me that was even hesitant to teach on this story because there's so much of this, this story, just personally. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like almost, it's kind of hard to stomach. But, but, but the more I studied it, the more I think there's some really, I think there are reasons that God included it in his word. And I think there's some important challenges for us to consider. So try not to get stuck on some parts of the story, but instead I wanna ask you, I want you to think about this, ponder this. What are the things that you hold most dear? Work with me on this, okay? Bring to mind something that you, 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 you feel, you can feel as would be unthinkable for you to sacrifice, for you to let go of. Think of things maybe more specifically that are essential to your security and, and your future and your success. And it could be a relationship. It might be status. It might be um, position or title that you've worked really hard for. Maybe it's a particular a goal or an ambition that you're going after. And for many of us, it could be our resources, it could be our money, our wealth, 
And maybe that's why when it comes to like being generous to the one initiative, initially for some of us, initially, instead of it being a joyful experience, it feels like an unthinkable sacrifice. Now, admittedly, okay, no, no, no question about it. As hard as this story is, I think there's important for us to ask the question, okay, what can we learn from Abraham's story? What can we learn? Let's go there, okay? And I think the first thing that we learn, I think the first thing that we learn is this. I think we learn this. Abraham's action completes his faith. Action completes your faith. Let's go back on the story for just a moment, okay? At what moment was Abraham's faith complete? Was it when he received the gift and Isaac was born? Was it when he turned and went on that journey to Mount Moriah? Was it when he bound his son on the altar? I think we have to keep moving. I think Abraham's faith was made complete when he raised that knife. In that action, he demonstrates that he was truly willing to trust God with absolutely everything, that he was willing to give God whatever God asked. And it was then that God actually says to him, now I know that you fear, next is the angel speaking, fear God, to have awe or respect or reverence for God because you've not withheld from me your your son, your only son. In that moment, okay, of action, all of a sudden this thing called faith goes from theoretical to substantial. In that moment, it goes from something kind of conceptual to something very meaningful. From more than an idea, it's actually put into action. Writing later, much later, centuries later in the New Testament, Jesus' brother James refers to this, and he actually even says this in James 2. He says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. Faith and action working together. And his faith was made, what's the word? Say it out loud there for me. Complete. His faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. Action. Our faith is always by, by, with God's expectation, is supposed to be completed with action. Let, let Let me say something here. I am thrilled that you guys are here, all right? I'll tell you what, give someone a pat on the back because, hey, it's time change Sunday. You had to crawl to bed a little hour earlier. Way to be here, right? Nicely done. There you go. Nicely done. Exactly right, okay? Um, but let's also be honest about this, okay? Us showing up on a Sunday in a very nice auditorium and padded seats, kind of passively taking in spiritual content, this is not action, Okay, this is kind of preparation for action. This is not the action. Action is, it can happen here when you engage in worship and you actually do express your thanks to God. Action can be, for some of us, we have a baptism coming up on March 26th. You've never done that. That could be an action that completes your faith. Action can be praying for a friend who you know is far from God or listening to a neighbor who's going through a really tough time or hospitality where you open up your home and invite people in. Or actually sharing your story of how God's changed your life. Or involved in the community. Or somehow loving other people. That's action. And it's our action that it says completes our faith. Our action completes our faith. I think that's one of the things we learned. Here's the second thing I think we take away from this. Action also demonstrates trust in the giver and not the gift. Action also demonstrates trust in the giver, not the gift. This is the second learning And one of the things Abraham did here, he trusted God, think about this, he trusted God over what God had given him. And that was hard. 
From the very beginning of Abraham's story in Genesis chapter 12, he'd been waiting for God to fulfill his promise. Waited and waited and waited. 25 years he waited. 25 years of waiting and doubting and trusting and back and forth. And finally, God gives him a gift, this son, Isaac. And now God wants him to sacrifice the gift. And it becomes this test. Will he now transfer his trust to the gift? Or will he continue to trust the giver? I think this is so good for us. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's just me. And, and ask the question, okay, ask yourself, what are the good gifts that God's given you? What are the good gifts that God's given you? When I think about it, I mean, just when it comes to this church, um, it's been a long time now, I guess, but I mean, I, I can remember like it was yesterday when we lived in our apartment on Whispering Hills Drive, laying on my face in our little apartment in the living room, just praying, asking God to let this church kind of come to life that could help people find their way back to him. And it's been such a good gift. I mean, just for my family. I can remember, you know, praying for the piece of property that we're on here. Such a good gift. I can remember praying for our second location. Such a good gift. I remember praying for our first church plant in, out in Denver. Such a good gift. I remember, I remember, and many of you were part of this, remember us praying for this space in here? Praying for this space in here? I mean, and over and over again, and just in this church setting, God, it's so many good gifts. And I, and I think about even my family, okay? How extraordinarily kind. I mean, just extraordinarily kind God has been to me. And the opportunities he gives me, the resources he's blessed me with. What are the good gifts that God's given you? See, again, in James, he, he reminds us of this. He says this, don't forget every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. All we have is a gift. And so when we talk about even generosity, we always talk about giving what? Giving back to God, right? It's giving back to God. And my experience has been, there will probably be different moments where God will also test us. Now generally, you know what? A gift is meant to be enjoyed. He gives it to you for your enjoyment. He is that good. He's that kind. Don't miss that. But along the way, there's also gonna be tests where you say, you know what, I want you to give that back to me now. And we have to decide, okay, do I trust the gift that was given to me or the giver? Do I trust the gift or the giver? And here's been my experience, and this is what God promises. He always provides. In fact, if you look at the story of Abraham, too, in that moment when he raises the knife, and he says, okay, I'm gonna trust the giver. I trust you, giver God. That's when a ram, right? The rest of the story, a ram suddenly appears to take Isaac's place, to take his son's place. God provides a ram. And that's probably why, you know, Abraham, he didn't, he, didn't name, he didn't name that place on Mount Moriah. He didn't name it. Here's the place where God almost gave my son a panic attack and me a heart attack. <laughs> he didn't name it that. You know what he named it? Look, he said, no. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. And, I, and as, I, as we're kind of in this one initiative for me, it's a challenge to take action, but it's a, remind, it's a great chance for me to ask myself the question, do I trust the giver or all the gifts that he gave me. Here, here's the third thing that, tell, that tells us too that we can learn. 
The third thing is action. Abraham's action declares that God's number one. Do, do, you think, do you think Abraham needed to prove something to God? You think? I don't think so. God doesn't work that way. What I think is I think God knew that Abraham kind of needed to prove something to himself. That Abraham needed to prove something to himself. That he knew the way we're wired, that every once in a while we need to drive a stake in the ground where we can look back at that moment and say, you know what, no, I made God number one. That's where it was clear. I think baptism was like that. No, nope, there's a clear marker for me. And I think he knew Abraham needed that. And this was, was one of those moments where he said, no, God is number one. And um, I want you to hear from our friends. Our friends, Tracy and Andrew, they go to our Lamont location. And uh, they've made that kind of declaration with their generosity. Here it is. My name's Andrew Wappas. Uh, this is my wife, Tracy. Our kids are Joshua and Elizabeth, uh, twin two-year-olds. And we've been attending community here for coming up on a year. Finding community once we'd moved from uh, Chicago, from downtown, it was a little bit daunting. I actually did a Google search and found community. Kids City just really made it for us. Um, uh, that very first Sunday that we attended Lamont, it was just like, okay, I'm home. And, and that's what we were looking for. So our first actual Sunday attending Lamont was uh, Commitment Sunday. I actually had already signed up for Dave Roche's email, so I knew it was Commitment Sunday, so I kind of knew what was going on prior to and Andrew actually. I did not. <laughs> after, after the service, he's like, you knew? <laughs> Once we both kind of felt the vibe um, that, you know, yeah, like we're both kind of nodding each other like, yeah, we know what we're thinking. This, this, we're going to start calling community our homes. We had the commitment cards and I just started writing down what I thought was a stretch for us. And Andrew just kind of looked at me, scratch. He'd make his little edit. I make mine. We were, uh, you know, w wanting to participate and wanting to uh, uh, really step up and, and really be intentional with, uh, with our new commitment towards uh, community uh, as our church home. I think after a couple scratch, scratch and edits, we had come to what we both felt stretched at. So at the midway point here of the One Initiative, we've been able to, uh, to uh, be at, I think maybe even a little uh, ahead of our commitment towards the two-year, um, to the two-year amount. We look forward to continuing to um, move towards that full two-year commitment. And, and if there's, if we blow past it, that's even, even better, right? It's really encouraged me to just be in more prayer and just trusting in the Lord more. Money can be a, 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 a topic that can, you can get wrapped around the axle real quickly on. Me, me, mine, mine. I got to hold on to it for myself. I got to make sure that I'm financially secure and stable and safe. But that's not, that's not what the Lord calls us to do, right? It's easier to live on what's left after, the, after what's been given than keeping it all for yourself and trying to, to manage that way. We've been given an opportunity to kind of come alongside in what God's plan is uh, for, for this area uh, and what better way to invest in something that's eternal. Once you do start to give with that cheerful heart and just knowing that, hey, I'm feeling stretched and I don't know what's gonna truly happen here, but Lord, I trust in you. And I tell you, once you do that, you just, you feel 
his love wash over you. He's here with you. He's going to walk you through it, and you're going to be okay. And you are ultimately going to get closer to our Lord in so many ways that you didn't even expect, and I, I guarantee you'll be surprised, even in yourself, a year from now. God, God is, is number one, and we are one on this mission. Um, next Sunday, when we come together for, uh, for our commitment Sunday at the kind of the one-year mark, I just encourage all of you just to ask the question, okay, what action is God asking me to take? Not me, not anybody else, just what action is God asking you to take? And uh, for some of us, uh, you're brand new and we would love to have you. I think it's gonna change your story and the story of others. Uh, for others, you've been on this journey for the last month and I, uh, last year, and I was, again, I wanna, I wanna say thank you uh, for that. But I think for all of us, just this next week, just prayerfully just ask God, say, okay, God, how do you want my, me to put my faith into action? As we wrap up, I wanna go back to the dominoes, okay? Remember the domino effect? Because the action you take today will determine the stories you're gonna tell tomorrow. Um, I was downtown Naperville and uh, I ran into <clears throat> a lady from, uh, from the community and she teaches kindergarten class. She teaches kindergarten class and she, we were talking and she said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that my kindergarten class has participated in the 365 Club for the last several years. And I'd almost kind of forgotten about it and it kind of brought back a story, this 365 Club. Um, it was about six or seven years ago and I was headed over to, to FedEx Kinko's, you know, over on 75th Street? I was gonna kind of office out of there for part of the day and I was headed over there and, uh, and I stopped by Starbucks beforehand and I grabbed a Starbucks and I came back over to Kinko's and I walked into Kinko's, a guy, George, who, who works there and knows me, he was giving me kind of grief. He said, hey, where's mine? <laughs> and I said, all right, I'll tell you what, George, I'm buying Starbucks for everybody at Kinko's. And of course, there were only three people working so it wasn't that big a deal. Um, <laughs> but I took the orders of the three people that were there and then I went over to Starbucks, I got it, and I brought it back, and I gave it to them. I'm not kidding, you would have thought they like won the lottery or something. I mean, they're like, oh, thank you. So I mean, they just gushed. And they were, I mean, they, they, they just made a really big deal about it. And it was like, it was only like, what, 10 or $12, right? And, um, and so I went back to my computer and I was thinking about it. I was thinking, wow, you know, one act of kindness can kind of make a big difference in somebody's day. And I thought about putting something on Facebook, you know, but it, it felt like one of those kind of, what do you call it, humble brags? <laughs> So I wasn't gonna do it. But then I, I genuinely did. I kind of felt prompted like God was saying, no, go ahead and put it out there. Maybe it'll encourage other people, you know, just to do one act of kindness. So I put it out there that, you know, one act of kindness can make a big difference in other people's day. And um, kind of the story. And just in a couple hours, I got a Facebook message from a guy I know in Ohio. And he was kind of inspired by it. And he said, hey, I saw what you did. I saw the difference it kind of made there. I just want you to know, I have launched a Facebook club called the 365 Club. And it's gonna challenge everybody to do one act of kindness every day for the whole next year. And their tagline was, small things done with great love can change the world. Well, word kind of got out. I mean, it went kind of crazy, really. Um, within a week, there was like 4,000 people who all joined this Facebook group and made commitments to say, yeah, we're gonna do one act of kindness every day for the next year. 
And I actually, it was kind of, it was crazy. I actually started getting calls, like radio requests. I got calls from like Australia and London and other places saying, hey, tell us about the 365 Club. And I'm thinking, I just bought three Starbucks. I don't know, <laughs> right? And, but the more I thought about it, I thought, how, how cool is that? That God takes like one kind of little act like that. And if you do the math, 4,000 people, 365 days a year, just that year, okay? Not even the year since then, just that year. You take one little act and he leverages it for one and a half million acts of kindness over the course of that next year through others. I'm telling you, people hear me on this, okay? The action you take today will determine the stories you're gonna tell tomorrow. The actions you take today will determine the stories you tell tomorrow. So as we go, I mean, let God prompt you to act in ways that are consistent with who he is. Let God prompt you to act spontaneously, generously, outrageously at times, just because he's telling you to. Let's pray together. Father God, in just a moment, we're gonna leave those doors, Lord. And we came in here, we sat and we heard your teaching. Lord, I ask that it not be something that just sits with us, but instead it calls us to action. And I ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you prompt us throughout this week, throughout this next month, to be people of action, that it completes our faith, that it shows our trust in you. Lord, let us be people of action. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.